Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 374, and today I am really excited because I'm going to highlight and put a spotlight on, actually, one of our TASers inside of our Facebook community, which I feel is the best community out there for Amazon sellers. I'm just saying it's pretty, it's pretty darn awesome. Now, what I'm going to share with you is how Josh turned his side hustle into $5,000, and probably by the time this airs, it will be more, but he's got a potential big brand on his hands here, and he's going to explain exactly how he got into this, kind of how he got led into this, and then now how he's so excited because he's already learned the process, and he's already thinking about patenting the product, or at least applying for that patent, and uh, we talk all about that. We talk about how he got started really quickly to kind of validate and verify that this thing was going to work, how he figured out how to make certain changes, which he's going to do on his next run, and we also talked a little bit about things he can do to really grow and scale this brand into something pretty big if he wants to, and I love doing these because you just never know where it's going to end up. And whenever I hop on with someone like Josh, we just start to kind of go back and forth and start to dig into that person's business. And then I generally can give my thoughts and maybe some extra little advice that could uh, that could hopefully help them. And you're going to hear a couple of things that I've talked to Josh about that uh, he's definitely going to be implementing too, by the way. And, uh, and then from there, he's going to be able to grow this thing beyond, way beyond the 5K that he's already generated. But The other thing that he mentioned I think is really important to highlight as well is that, you know, when I invited him on, he's like, you know, my my, my numbers aren't like these major numbers, like these big, big, you know, $100,000 months and stuff. And I said, that's okay because I think people like to hear what it's like in the beginning stages and what's it like to hit your first thousand, your first 5,000, your first 10,000. Like, what is that like in that journey? Because a lot of you may be starting our, you know, right now and Maybe you want to know what it's like to get through that first that first cycle, you know, that first cycle of your product. And Josh had said to me, you know, honestly, I like those stories myself because it's more relatable to me and where I am. Yes, I love to hear about how people made $100,000 or, you know, a million dollars. Like, it's, it's great and eventually I want to get there, but right now this is where I am. So if this is you, this is definitely going to be something you're going to want to tune into because like I said... Number one, it's inspiring, it's motivational, but it's actionable. You're going to hear exactly how Josh did it, how he turned this little side hustle into something that can grow, into something really, really big, and I think he's going to do that because he's a pretty determined guy, by the way, and he's just just a great guy and awesome to chat with. So I want to remind you guys, if you guys are not connected inside of our Facebook community, please get over there right now, request to join. It's totally free. You just have to be approved. And from there, you'll have access to our, our amazing TAS Facebook group. So you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy. And this is exactly where I found Josh because he posted this inside the group. People were giving him high fives and uh, I jumped in and said, hey, what do you think? Would you mind coming on the show and sharing how you got to your first 5K? And he said, absolutely. So that's why he's here, and uh, I'm really excited to share this interview with you. Now, before we do, let me also remind you, the show notes to this episode can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 374. All the show notes, transcripts, links that we talk about will be there as well. All right, guys, so sit back, relax, enjoy this awesome interview that I did with Josh, who turned his side hustle into $5,000. Enjoy. Well, hey, Josh, thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, Scott. I certainly appreciate uh, having the opportunity to come out and chat with you for a bit. Yeah, no, this is awesome. And I actually uh, was brought to uh, to the attention uh, or you brought the attention to me by posting in the in the group in the TAS group that is. And and you kind of gave a little bit of a play by play as far as like what you've done up to this point. And I thought it was interesting because you and I talked a little bit before we got on here and it was kind of like, you know, a lot of people throw around the big numbers, right? It's like the, you know, 50,000 a month, 100,000 a month. And, and a lot of times for people just starting out, that can be a little intimidating. It can also be like, wow, man, like that's just so far down the line. Like I just want to see someone that's started and made like three, four or $5,000 like and see what that's like. 
Um, and I think your your story really kind of and, and you were so open and and kind of like helpful in that post. So what I really wanted to do is kind of highlight that here and really dig a little bit more into how everything kind of, uh, you know, came uh, to happen. Um, so, number one, I want to thank you for coming on, man. Well, no, absolutely. I appreciate it. Definitely excited. It's so funny because I, um, for the longest time, I've been listening to you for months now. And uh, I've always been thinking like, man, I should, I, sh- I want to ask them some different questions. And, and uh, but then I feel like there's so many people that probably want to ask you questions. I'm like, oh, what's the likelihood it's going to get answered? So apparently the easier thing to do is just skip right ahead and get a, get a chance to be on your show. Yeah, there you go. There you <laughs> go. This question. I mean, you know, so. yeah, that, that works. That works. I mean, that works. And we can so. definitely answer some questions today. I mean, it could be a live, yeah, I mean, a live you know, little call here. So yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. And it's funny because you're right. I do get a lot of emails and anyone that is, is going to send questions. I like ask Scott. I like when you send those questions, but also if you want them um, quicker, a lot of times, and this is a little tip for anyone, even if it's just not me, it's like, if you're going to ask questions, ask those questions in a, in a shorter form in an email. Like when I get an email and it's like, it's just a big block of text. Oh my gosh. I can't, I can't really do it. I'll have to skim through it. It's hard for me to skim. Sometimes I'll send it over to my buddy, Chris Schaefer, and I'll say, can you just tell me what I should answer here? Uh, because it's hard, you know, I get, I get hundreds of emails. So, um, but yeah, but, uh, definitely want to dig into your story, a little bit and kind of unpack exactly what you did to get to where you are. So the post that I read when you posted that in the group, and we can give an update from that, but you had a screenshot mm-hmm. of like 181 units in that 30 day span, $107 in that sales that one day, six, six units sold. So again, not mm-hmm. like mind blowing, right? But no, I mean, you, you wrote a, a nice little post, you know, today officially marks our one month on Amazon, you know, currently how many units and you kind of go through the whole process and kind of how you even got introduced to this. And, um, and then a bunch of people just jumped in and you started answering questions. So maybe you can take us back a little bit and let us know exactly, you know, how you even got the idea to get started. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. So like I said, um, I am, you know, 34 Midwest based guy out of Kansas city area. So, you know, go Royals for anybody that's baseball fans. Uh, go but, Yankees. Uh, Sorry. I, no, Hey, that's fair enough. Fine. Um, I, uh, you know, actually I have a, uh, I own currently I've always kind of done the entrepreneur thing, at least for now about the last five years in college, I had a, a small side business. It was funny. It was actually a, uh, my first company or business I ever owned was a speed dating company oh, nice. um, called speedmingle.com. It was just like a college thing where we'd host parties at uh, different restaurants or venues. And then the people would come out and sit across from each other and chat for four minutes. And then they would decide if they would want to, you know, oh, that's cool, man. later. So oh, that's cool. Um, I like was, that. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun from a social standpoint, but it was right about that time when, you know, Yahoo singles and match.com and things like that were coming out. And so, um, it's a lot easier for people to sit at home and like, you know, their boxers in a Starbucks and look online for potential significant right. other than it was to maybe put themselves out there as from a confidence standpoint. But I did that in college and then was always kind of working in, in positions to where I had some level of control over my income based on effort. So call it sales, call it however. So it was in the mortgage industry and, okay. and things like that. And then I ended up landing in logistics um, for a freight brokerage. And so a large third party uh, freight company, um, in the United States and, uh, worked for them as basically an account manager and, and built a book of business and still kind of wanted to do something on my own. Um, and from there, um, I left and, and kind of sidestepped to a, a, a marketing company that I did Google AdWords management for while oh, okay. I was under non-compete, um, and ultimately floated back to the freight side, but through starting my own under licensing another company's software. So essentially what we did was basically just said, Hey, I like that industry. I like the model of it. Um, but I don't want to work for anybody else. So is there an opportunity to license somebody's, mm, uh, basically okay. freight rates okay. and, uh, and essentially go on from there and, and build my own book of business. And I've done that since 2000, end of 2012, beginning of 2013. So going on four years oh, now wow. okay. and we do about right at seven figures a oh, year wow. in gross revenue. Wow. So, um, and it's just me and I have a, a VA, um, overseas who kind of helps with just dispatching shipments and things like that. Okay. Um, and so I've done that and, and, and pretty much we've always primarily done mostly like LTL and truckload throughout the U S but we do some international as well. And that's kind of how the Amazon opportunity circled around and came back was I'm on the uh, board of directors 
for a nonprofit organization in Kansas City that kind of raises money for different uh, children's charities uh, called the Bacchus Foundation. And one of the board members, his significant other, she um, went through um, an online training uh, program offer that's kind of a popular one out there in the Amazon space. Mm -hmm. And so she got to experience that and um, started selling online and she was moving pallets like two or three pallets at a time via air freight to the u.s okay and she had had a conversation with me about it and i go oh yeah. <laughs> i was almost like hold on a second you're doing what yeah how much is this guy i mean it's like i mean you're talking six seven thousand dollars to move you know two thousand pounds with a product via air i'm like um we can get that done for like two grand if we just do it over sea shipping okay and yeah, so yeah, we yeah. obviously so that kind of opened up the the gates, and so I went through and kind of helped her navigate those waters, and we got her her stuff into uh, into the Amazon fulfillment center by Sea Freight, and then she kind of randomly in a conversation, I was actually on a on a trip with my girlfriend heading to Chicago to visit her family, and on the way to the airport, she was like, "Why aren't you doing this?" And I was like, "Well, I was like, I've got my plate pretty full right now," and and she's like, "Well, it's just everybody." She's like, "I mean, the program totally goes through and gives you." you know, a play by play. And there's so much information out there, but it seems one thing everybody struggles with is the shipping. And that's just like second nature Mm. business as usual for you. And so I was like, okay. And so she kind of, so we kind of got together and just started going over some of the different parameters. And I just started doing some personal research online and just, you know, started going through the process of researching products and, and got connected to some different Chrome extensions, of course, like the jungle scout and things like that to, uh, to do some product research and, and uh, kind of went into the uh, process of niching down into a subcategory and, and looking for a particular uh, product that I found maybe interesting, but then still met the parameters. Mm, um, okay. And then that, and that's kind of how I got into it. I mean, most people that listen, I hope sort of know the process from there, of course, which is just, you know, found the product I liked, made sure, um, you know, met those parameters, started reaching out to some um started reaching out to some manufacturers to get some samples in and then started with a 500 unit test order. And this was, so we're in May, end of May, 2017 right now. And so that was basically February. Um, end of February is when uh, we ordered the samples, got them in in March. And so our first day live on Amazon was April 25th of okay. 2017. Okay. So okay. we're just over a month now. Okay. And and so maybe you can get us caught up for people that don't know, like where are you at like right now with that 500 unit test order? Um, um, how, many, how many have you moved and, uh, yeah. and kind of take so, us through maybe that process? Yeah. So the 500 unit test order as of to date, we are right at just under 5,000 in uh, total sales. Okay. So we're on about a five week period. So, and we've moved approximately 260 uh, units. Okay. So over half. So over half gone in the first month. And I will say that we've probably lost about 20% of that opportunity only because our product, uh, it's one product with two SKUs. So call it, you know, a size large and a size medium. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily the, the, the variant, but um, the problem was is that we had a significant less number of, say, medium than larges, mm-hmm. knowing that larges would sell more. Well, unfortunately, Amazon Fulfillment Center had a little bit of a, um, a screw up and mixed in the units together. So Ooh. we basically had to shut down that other variant or that other listing option. Um, so we haven't even been able to sell that one at all the entire time oh, to wow. the point that they still hadn't solved it. So finally – we, it was just easier that I just recently, last week, went ahead and did a removal order of those that were listed incorrectly. So um, those, basically, those are coming back to me right now, and I'll be able to sort it out. But I would say probably, I mean, because it'll even tell you, you're missing, you know, on yeah. Central, I can't remember the screen, but you're missing an opportunity on this many sales because of this particular Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't want to miss them. I got the product. <laughs> yeah, So yeah. So I think that will definitely uh, hopefully help. But I mean... So far, yeah, to date, two, a little over 250 units um, and then uh, right about 5,000 in sales. I will say that I'm a big proponent of your philosophy on the 1 by 10 by 10, I think is how you refer to it. Yep. One product, 10 units a day, $10 a profit. Yep. Um, so I would say for about the last 10 days, ironically enough, we've been averaging at least 10 units a day. Sweet, so, sweet. So that's kind of on the uptrend. And honestly, I mean, as far as from a, a launch perspective, um, 
you know, didn't really do anything major as far as totally discounting the price. I just, I went online and I, I researched, you know, where the top seller was and where kind of the bottom sellers were mm -hmm. and just kind of found a happy medium and put it there. Um, you know, I reached out to Facebook friends and just kind of said, Hey, um, you know, this is the product we're offering. And if anybody is interested, you know, let us know and we'll do some coupon codes and stuff like that. And so not necessarily like close friends, but I mean, even from then, I would say maybe 10 to okay. 12 units might've gotten sold initially from that push. Um, so we did start pay-per-click very quickly um, and did that as well. How aggressive um, were you with pay-per-click right off the bat? Um, right off the bat, I was, I don't know. I mean, it's, for me, I don't think it's ter terribly aggressive, but I would say I definitely started between you know, 20 and $40 a day. Okay. And, and was that quickly. targeting like a manual campaign or an auto campaign? Um, I did the manual campaign. So okay. I followed your guys' yep. process that you promoted as yep. far as, um, um, as far as doing the manual campaign. So there's two very obvious, uh, search terms for our particular product. Mm -hmm. And, um, we've gone through and, and, and obviously did like the manual, um, manual broad term to yep. kind of get an idea of what yep. would come out from that. Um, we did some use some of the tools that are out there to kind of generate some other possible keywords and went sure. from there. Um, and then from that, once we got that run for you know a week or so, um, went back in and started looking at the customer search terms and the reports tab and uh, Seller Central, and then started to take those and put those in exact match um, pay per click campaigns gotcha. and kept those about. $25 a day towards the exact match. Okay. Um, and then kept about 10 to $15 a day, um, on the broad match. Okay. So you're still kind of mining for those keywords, but you took the ones that were doing well and you moved them over to their own. Um, and you went right, right to exact. You didn't even do phrase. You went right to exact. I, yeah, I did went right. I, I did go right to exact. And the only reason why is because I did invest and it's not like a, a lot of yeah. money, but I did pay for, um, a couple tools that would let me pull um, other persons, other ASINs search terms like competitors yep. Yep. as far as the doing the scrapes on their listings and even the PPC scrapes. So that kind of gave me an idea of what other customers were their search terms were that mm -hmm. were coming up as yeah. far as Amazon goes. And so that kind of gave me a real quick indicator of, okay, are these relevant? Yeah. Um, so I pretty much, yeah, I mean, for the most part, just the broad and exact um, and how has that exact been working for you now that you've moved that? How long has that been? Just a, a, a short time? Um, it's been, yeah, it's been probably about two weeks now. And so we've definitely pulled in on some, some positive, um, or some lower, definitely under 30% ACOS okay. for, for a handful of them. But we do have some, of course, that are higher. Sure. Um, which is a little bit of a, a struggle because it just particularly the ones that are higher are like the prime ones, of course. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's like the ones that were like, ah, oh, like, you know, those are pretty much right in, you know, if, if somebody was going to generically think of garlic press, mm -hmm. so to speak, and yeah. they're going to type that in. Of course, that's the ACOS that seems to be higher for us. And I'm, I imagine it's probably just because of the competition level yeah, um, that yeah. everyone's using. So um, might have to try and focus more in on uh long tailed keywords and, mm. and look for those opportunities. Cause obviously I, I feel like if we are able to find some profitable long tail keywords with a decent amount of traffic, our cost per click will probably be quite a bit lower than some of the more popular ones as well as a higher conversion rate. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think you're still really young in the process. So you've got a lot oh, yeah. of, you've got a lot of stuff. I, uh, I think that's going to still be coming in from the search terms because Number one, there's a little bit of a delay. We know that, and oh yeah, and because you know it's it's only a month, you know, or you know, month and a half old. So mm -hmm. you know, there, there's going to be definitely if you give that more time on the uh, on the front end of the broad and allow them to keep pulling in those search terms. Um, I know we just recently did that with a with our new brand, and um, you know, there's actually some keywords that are or search terms that are coming in that is giving us ideas for for the next product. Um, you oh, know what nice. I mean? Yeah, so that's it's really helpful. Um, that hasn't always happened that way, but, um, in this case it did, but yeah, I just think that a little bit more time, um, with those broad is going to, to help you. The other thing is I, I actually, I interviewed a guy yesterday. I actually met him at seller's summit. Um, real nice mm -hmm. guy, actually young guys like 23 or 24. 
and, um, okay. and, and he's crushing it, but he, um, his whole philosophy after, I mean, he's, he's done it where he, he failed like there's first, you know, handful of products. And then he's like, you know what, I'm going to get serious about this. I'm just going to go ahead and really just spend as much as I can to basically <laughs> get sales. And he's done that and he's on track to do 500 K this year, you know? So, and, uh, you know, I, I definitely agree a hundred percent with that. Um, you know, the first, the first order, you know, my thought process in the beginning, I think like most people is, you know, Hey, I'm going to you know run this. I'm going to stay competitive. I'm going opti- to opti- optimize my listing. Yep. Um, you know, I spent money on a photographer to make sure the pictures were better than what mm-hmm. I thought my competitors were. Um, you could tell in our, in our space, a lot of the, a lot of the photos were clearly, um, you know, download pasted uh, yeah. photos from the manufacturer's website. Yep, yep. So wanted to separate ourselves that and figured, okay, well, we'll get in the middle there and, and catch some, you know, if I can catch 10% of the gross sales for all the, you know, the competitors across the board, then I'll be doing okay. Of course. Um, yeah. But of course, part of that is that cost per click and, and thinking, okay, well, I put this much money in, so I'll get, I'll recoup my money plus I'll, um, you know, I'll double it or I'll, I'll add that much more to it as far as uh, profit goes. And then mm. now, after being in it for a month, it's really more, especially because we've kind of done a little bit of a design change now yep. um, that we're really geared towards. Let's just recoup our money or not really lose any if we can, but focus on just allowing that first 500 units to be the foundation of sales history and, you know, review mining to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. And then the next one, we can kind of look more at optimizing for profitability over um, trying to do that right out the gate. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that. Um, actually, I'm kind of skimming through your your post here again. I did want to talk about that because you have here. You say, you know, we looked at some competitors' reviews and read some feedback and decided to improve our product and recently secured a provisional patent regarding a change to a function of the product, which we feel will give us a leg up on the competition in regards to efficiency and functionality. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, because I know there was some some back and forth on that, and I did a little bit more research on it. And actually, I got the paperwork in the mail. I got the approval, like I said, a week or so ago, but I actually got the physical paperwork in the mail yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, essentially, from my understanding, with talking to the company that processed the paperwork for us, is is there's just this, there's not actually anything such thing as a thing called a provisional patent. Like you don't have one, but you have a provisional patent application. Okay. Um, which is essentially the precursor to obtaining uh, a true patent, which um, the easiest way to say it is, you know, a provisional patent application to a certain extent allows you to fish off the dock yeah. without fear of getting, you know, basically hijacked. Um, now that being said, my concern isn't so much somebody going out and mimicking the design change and selling it on their Shopify site or their eBay site. Um, I certainly don't trust the manufacturer when I, you know, when they tell me that, Oh no, we're not going to make this design change for any of other customers Mm -hmm. that they're not going to do that. I mean, they have no reason not to. My biggest thing is, is will this buy me enough time on Amazon that once it goes live, I can have six months or a year to really put my foothold um, in that particular design model that I think, in my opinion, and based off of people that are experts in the space mm-hmm. that I've worked with, will say that, yeah, this hands down is is a better solution to that particular uh, issue. And so the biggest example would be, let, let's say a garlic press had a stainless steel handle, but, you know, it was frustrating because you know, you'd get condensation from your hand or right. your hand would slide off the, off the handle. So it was just like, oh, how much easier would it be if we had rubber grips on the handle? Or yes, something? yes. And so yes. something that simple to where it's just like, we're not, you know, now does that mean no one's ever going to get rubber grips on a handle again? No. But if for the next six months to a year, right. I have the ability to flex a provisional patent. And if somebody does throw one up on Amazon and I can send that over and Amazon will have them take down their listing then that's good with me. I don't care if somebody goes out and sells it on their Shopify site or something like that. You know, obviously I'm still a big proponent of building a brand, but I think it's easier to build the brand with a sales channel like Amazon as basically Mm. being a precursor to generate that profit and that revenue. Um, And that kind of helps you with that, that brand launch when you can really start to get some sales traction and all of a sudden you might have a little bit of capital to invest in other channels and building out that brand. So if I can keep my competition in that regard, eliminated on Amazon, then that's good for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think that's so. huge. I think that's huge. And, 
Actually, uh, we've done something very similar in the new brand. We have a, a patent pending type thing. You know, we, we, you know mm-hmm. everything's submitted and all that stuff. And as long as you have that, from my understanding, I'm not a legal advisor and I know you're not, mm-hmm. but from what I, um, what I gathered is um, once you have an application submitted, technically there's a patent pending. Yep, you're good. You're yeah. good. I mean, now that can or that will expire in 12 months, but I've also heard you can yep. get an extension. Yep. I so, think you can get another year extension. And the nice thing too is, is like I said, I mean, and really that one, and to my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, and, and I'm sure you've probably researched it as well, but that whole patent pending application really is it's the first to file is kind of yeah. the winner of the race. Yeah. And so it's not, not as though somebody else can't jump in and do it. And I certainly wouldn't suggest going out and saying, oh, that's a great idea and a product that somebody else is making. And let's see if there's a patent and I can grab a patent mm, real quick right, and then right. knock them out. Right. That's just, I'm a big, big fan of karma. So you're yeah. asking for some personal trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. try and do something, you know, unethical, but, um, but no, so, I mean, that was ours and there is, you know, to our particular design change, there is, um, a similar like item, but it's made from a completely different material. Okay. Um, so that was where we specified it in our patent that, Hey, cause our competitors are not really that same material that this com- that this competitor, other competitors using. So we really went in and said, Oh, if you have this particular item made of this material, we have this particular change on the design. And that's why, you know, that's why we're firing the patent pending or whatever. Mm. So we'd like to have the exclusivity of that. And so I think you're, you're right. If, if something does come up on Amazon with yours or anybody else's, I would imagine if you just simply scan and email over that paperwork to Amazon, they're not, you know, yeah, they don't mess around. Yeah. I I don't think that, I I think that's going to give you a leg up. Um, again, if, if you have that filed, um, now you mentioned here also something, uh, that I found interesting. You, you, have you applied for brand registry or have you been approved in brand registry? I'm I'm approved and our contents up. So I, I got really lucky, um, only because, um, I literally, I think I was like four or five days approved before they shut down brand registry. Okay. And then they read and then they basically changed the terms to where you've got to be the trademarked and all that. And it wasn't, you know, I knew in the initial process, you know, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big believer in if if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. right. So take advantage of all the tools. So from the very beginning, it was okay, build a website. Um, you know, I built the website for our freight company as well. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, uh, an afterthought of, well, do I need this? It was just like, well, yeah, you yeah, need it. Yeah. It doesn't take that long to do. Yeah, I mean, it's a home base. Take kind of four thing, hours yeah. on a Saturday yep. and yep. build a website. There's plenty of drop and drag templates. Yep. Um, yep. You know, a 99 cents for a domain. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. build that. So we had that. And then, uh, you know, Fiverr for a logo if yep. you need one, you yep. know. Um, yep. And so we did that and then submitted it. And, um, right from the get go, you know, provided all the correct parameters they asked and didn't have any pushback. I mean, sent in all the information. They came back, Hey, you're good to go registered. Nice. So it was about a couple of days later that we were able to go in and, and update the content and then went back in and, and filled that out and then did all the, followed all the, the parameters that they required as far as what you're allowed to put in the content. And then now it's up and, and going. So, um, I like it. And, it's, it's funny because I know that some people will question, I guess, maybe the content in your brand registry is an index or are you losing opportunity for ranking mm-hmm. under those keywords? I don't know. Mm. Um, I don't know. So yeah, I can't I, really I, yeah. I don't have a way of comparing it. Yeah. And, you know, been. I mean, I've, I've heard the same thing and I, I don't think we're, we're 100 percent sure. And again, that's something Amazon could also change. Right. They could start indexing the enhanced content. Oh, I mean, yeah. We don't know. But I mean, I think there's enough areas that will be indexed. That, I mean, mm-hmm. how many keywords are you really going after? I mean, we, we pretty much know yeah. that there's a there's a solid handful, uh, you know, and especially looking at your pay-per-click and stuff, you can kind of see, like, what's the what's the main stuff that people are going to be finding from you? And if you have that stuff somewhere, I mean, you've got plenty of space on the front end in your bullets, your title, mm-hmm. your back-end search terms, um, you know, so you have, you have, I think you have plenty of, that, that's just my opinion. Um, and I right. think Amazon will eventually also start indexing that. And I think that you might even get some extra boost in your ranking just regardless because you are brand registered. I Well, I don't think that they would offer that added service. As a negative, right? Gonna, no, yeah. yeah. If they weren't going to hold it at a higher value, especially if there's talks about at some point when they decide to charge somebody for right. brand registry. Right. Right. Um, and if that's the case, you know, I mean, I don't think they're going to charge somebody to say, Oh, we're going to make you pay $30 extra a month for brand registry. 
but we're going to make you range lower. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Value. Yeah. But one thing that I did do, and I don't know if anybody else has done this, but I kind of thought it, I know that, you know, in your listing photos, uh, not necessarily your front photo, since obviously you want to stay within the terms and conditions of just being your product or sure. maybe somebody using the product or something. But on other photos, you people put content in there like, oh, you know, works great while swimming or something right. like that right. or right. on the water. Well, on a couple of my photos, just because I know that with the likelihood that some people scroll to the description section, I just like to put it in the words in there, you know, see the description section for more photos and details. Yes. Yes. Um, and I think that, you know, that might, you know, too, I, just from a conversion standpoint, and a user standpoint, mm. if I was in somebody's listings shopping for something and I saw a photo that said, you know, oh, go to this section and scroll down, then I would, okay, I'll yeah. scroll, scroll real quick and yeah. just see. So I'm thinking that that might help as well we'll see yeah it gets so, people to actually conversion. scroll when a lot of times they won't so right absolutely I, I i agree with that um let me ask you for you um making these changes um was that just from you looking at reviews and feedback from your competitors in the beginning and then also after you kind of answer that question and kind of tell me about that um what was the process with your manufacturer to have those changes made okay um yeah so from the right from the beginning um and i guess i'm surprised that when somebody were to see the design change compared to what's currently available in that space how simple of a change it is that it hasn't been done yet and how obvious the the complaints were because all the complaints are generally or all the reviews are generally good mm. but there's very two two very blatant and obvious um negative uh, review points that are brought up you know multiple times across different listings and different products in the same space sold and so looking at those just thought okay well what's what's a possible solution and then i was researching other competitors in the market just through google research looking at okay well who all sells this type of product um and then i did find one that has a similar designed to our new one. But as I mentioned before, they don't sell the same material product we do. Gotcha. Um, so it's not really their space. And, and, and in addition, that particular item that they sell is more of like, it's a one-off for them. It's okay. not their core business. Their mm -hmm. core business is something entirely different in the, let's say it's if I'm in the sports and outdoors, or we'll just say camping. So Let's sell, you know, they they sell tents as their primary form of business, but they just also happen to have like, you know, a pop-up tent to change your clothes in or something. Right, right, right. So it's not something that they generally sell bulk of. It's not really their space. But I liked the design or the idea of it. I'm like, well, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. And so then I went to um, some people that are experts in that space. So call it like an, a survival expert or a yeah. camping expert or something or a cooking expert if you're doing, so, you know, the garlic press situation. And went to them and said, okay, here's my thought process and correct me if I'm wrong. And I'm walking through how the current one works and some of the limitations to it and said, so what if we do this instead? Does this make more sense? And they're like, yeah, like absolutely. And I go, okay. Mm -hmm. And so once I kind of got confirmation, looking at the negative reviews and I go, okay, so if we do it this way, negative review number one, did we eliminate the problem? Okay, yes, we did. And then negative review number two, by doing that same change, it actually eliminated two problems that people complained about. Um, and so from there, at that point, I was like, okay, this is what we want to do. And so I literally took the sample or one of the current products that they, that they sent us or our product, and I basically just made it myself. Like I cut off pieces that needed to be cut off and sewed pieces on okay. that needed to be sewed All on right. and uh, said, okay, this is what we want it to look like in a rough sketch, took pictures of it emailed the manufacturer and said, hey, listen, we're going to do a new run of 500 or 1,000 or whatever real soon. And we're looking at go ahead and making a change to the way we, the way the, you know, this part of the item is, is made. Can you guys go ahead and do that? And uh, they went ahead and looked at the pictures and they go, okay. And they just said, well, can you verify, you know, exact measurements and stuff mm -hmm. like that, but it shouldn't be a problem. So we really weren't asking them. Thankfully, we didn't have to necessarily ask them to add new parts to the product itself. Okay. It was just rearranging how the parts were put together. Gotcha. Okay. So just different positioning um, maybe or. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So it would basically be something, you know, if, if a baseball mitt has the catcher's pocket sewn on the outside 
of the mitt and yep. they're like, oh, would it make more sense if we sewed it on the inside? Right. Because you have a, you know, you're not going to get, the ball's not going to get stuck on the backside of it between the fingers exactly. or something. I know that's kind of a random. No, 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 that, that makes comment, sense. But, no, no, but I get it. basically say, yeah. can you just switch this for us and make it a little bit like this? And they said, yes. And so then they go, we'll go ahead and make a sample of that and send it to you. And they sent it to me and, and you know, went ahead and tried it out and, and tested it. And I was like, okay, this is great. Awesome. Like, awesome. Yeah. No, that's so, awesome. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's how it happens though. I mean, like, like you said, I mean, a lot of people think they have to like create a new mold from scratch, whatever, you know, or if you're using material that you have to have like a whole new like design, but those are components that are already there. And you're just kind of like saying like, well, doesn't it make more sense if you just put this here? And and, the, mm-hmm. and for them, all it is is like relocating it and, and doing it different. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to happen for every product, but in this case, it did. And honestly, it probably made it cheaper because there was actually a metal piece on the item that we just got rid of. We're like, we don't know why this is here. <laughs> so, okay. Like this, if you change the, the 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 product to the way we want it, this eliminates this this metal called a clip or something. Okay. So we don't need that anymore okay. because we're not we're doing it a different way. And so honestly, they're using less material to okay. make the new one. Okay. Um, which once we get the new one, and I'm having everything mailed to my house um, or my office, um, depending on when truck delivers. And then uh, we'll go ahead and mail out from, you know, a portion of the boxes to the fulfillment center. But I'll have an opportunity to kind of like make sure everything looks good. But like I said, they sent the sample to us. And and I mean, in my opinion, there's, you know, looking at the, the product space, there's two very clear front runners. One's been online, you know, basically looking at a camel, camel, camel. Um, one's been on there for a little over a year. And they do call it 70 to 90,000 a month in gross okay. revenue. Okay. Um, which really put me on to the other one was that when I first started researching, there was another who's now essentially the second product runner and they're doing upwards of 25 to 40,000 a month in revenue, but they've only been live since January of this year. Okay. So they literally got about a 45 day start on me, mm. uh, man, maybe a 60 day start, but I don't know, but they're about half the price of the other guy. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and let's say the number one guy's got 1400 reviews and the number two guys got a hundred oh, just wow. past a hundred. Um, but they're selling at the number one selling for about $39. The number two selling for 19 or $18. Okay. Um, and so we've kind of kept that same $18 price point and we land it for $5 and 60 cents a unit in Amazon after shipping. Um, and then you figure you throw in six or $7 for Amazon fees, yep. put you up to like 12 or $13, throw another, you know, a couple dollars on for assumed pay per click cost per unit based off of how many you sell per day. And then that at least gets us breaking even on that lower price point. But this next round, we will absolutely be raising the price. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and I, I that's like just, that, yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, from a buyer perspective, if it was me and I, and I think like, we won't miss necessarily go up to $39, but I think that we'll definitely hit between 28 and 32, Yeah, um, which I think will give us the $14 uh, net profit after pay-per-click and fees. Because if it was me buying something online and I see the number one seller is selling for almost $40 and everybody else or the lower sellers are selling for you know under 20, it's kind of like, because we can't physically touch it, I'm looking at it going, God, I don't want to spend 40 but why is this 18 or yeah. why is this 15? Yeah, yeah. You know, so if you come in and you're the $27 seller, it's like, okay, well I'll pay 27. Right. Because then I think I'm like, well, is this really worth 40? But if it's, if they're only selling it for 18, maybe it's just crap. Yep. You yep. know? Yep. And so if That's I can true. get in the middle there yeah. and I'm like, well, I'm willing to pay 25, you yeah. know, I'm willing to pay 28. Yeah. So no, I, that makes... I look at it from that perspective as a, I, th- I think that makes my... total sense. And a lot, a lot of people, they think that it, it is that the, the, you know, you got to go on price. And I do that all the time. I'm like, well, I mean, this is 40 bucks and this one here is 20. Like, why is this one that much more? It's got to be better, right? I mean, it's got to right. have better material, better stitching, whatever. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those things that you, and, and you got to, and you're going to, and I think at that point too, if you see those, you're going to start looking at the reviews at the $20 one more and seeing if mm-hmm. people are saying it's a piece of junk, right? Right. And you're going to look at the $40 one and see if people are saying that that's awesome. So mm-hmm. by you having that that thing in the in the middle, maybe at, at thirty bucks, and you have good reviews, I think people would definitely probably go for that. Now is right. is the is the um, is the product 
the new version is that so your 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 first version didn't have all these changes or did it no it didn't so the first version basically we found the manufacturer and i'm a little disappointed in myself on this side because we there are several manufacturers and we vetted a handful of them, but we also didn't necessarily get all the samples. Mm -hmm. And so, um, got a couple in and then, um, basically placed the order and they were in the process of manufacturing and, and everything looked really good. And then I went to have the photos done. And in the photos I wanted, um, because it's a unisex, uh, product. So mm -hmm. I wanted a female and a male both using the item at the same time. Mm -hmm. So people could see just like the versatility of it that, Hey, you know, both people can use it regardless of like their size or so on and so forth. And, um, so I didn't have another one. I just had my sample. So I actually had to go out and just get a generic one from the same manufacturer of somebody that else was selling it online that was maybe not branding it it's just so I'd have a, a second product to compare it to. Um, and then when I got that, that product in, I go, Hold on. it looked a little different than mine. I was like, huh? And I was like, then the, then the couple samples that I got. And, um, and so ultimately, um, I felt that the product I got was good quality and was a good product but i found the new manufacturer who's done the new sample for us is just a better quality product mm. so a better material a better quality material so if it's a cotton it's just a better cotton um or a, a you know a more a higher end cotton you know maybe like a soft cotton so if you're buying like a fitted you know you with the t-shirts it's like I, i'm a big fan of like cool t-shirts and stuff but i hate if somebody has a cool design and it's just like a heavy cotton shirt yeah, that's just gonna yeah, shrink yeah. and it's gonna go up and it's gonna stay wide and it fits awful yeah. um i'd rather spend the extra five bucks or ten bucks on getting a shirt where i'm like oh i'm gonna wear this all the time for the next 10 years yeah um, yeah yeah no i agree so when i saw that we went to the new manufacturer and uh and so i think it's just a better quality product but the design changes as well will be and i will be able to very clearly show the benefits of the new design versus the current in the market through a story and pictures as well as some text. Okay, cool. Um, which I think will be a good thing because, you know, and we're doing a little uh, marketing thing as far as making it like a, a special edition. So I'm going to market it as like, oh, this is the mm, such and such edition. Yeah. And, and and just as the initial launch and, you know, kind of making the logo, we changed the logo slightly a little bit. And so um, if it was, and I will use very generic, but if it was, um, a garlic press and we'll say you're looking at the logo on the garlic press and it says you know silver stein garlic press yeah well, that's great you know nothing special it's whatever right but if you had one that was you know emeralds yes uh, yes you know emeralds garlic press right and it was you know it's got a little bit more weight behind it because of the person in that category not that we're using a, a famous person or yeah something no like that, i get it but we're using something that is very in line with the industry that connect that people will connect with. And so when they see that, I'm like, well, would I rather have this? If there are two products, but this logo is cooler than this logo. Right. I'm going to choose that logo. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. It's almost like the packaging, right? Like the packaging oh, is yeah. going to sell you um, a mm -hmm. little bit. And, uh, you know, we, we like to, you know, have a good brand that represents the product, especially if it's a product that warrants that. So now mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan in, in packaging logo, um, all that stuff. So it sounds like you're building a brand. Definitely. That's the goal. I okay. mean, we're on, so, I mean, I have the, the, the Shopify site. Um, I run some Facebook ads to build, um, you know, an audience. Um, I have not yet, but I'm in the current or I'm in the process of doing the giveaway mm -hmm. idea or whatever mm -hmm. and starting to build yep. a list that way. Okay. Um, I've done some other stuff to just like do some cool videos that, uh, highlight the product and then just pitching that to our market to kind of like top end of the funnel to just kind of mm. create like a lookalike audience before I start to retarget them. Mm -hmm. Um, I have it on listed on some other sites as well. So obviously eBay, Etsy, uh, things like that, just cause I mean, yeah, why not? Easy. And I've right. had, yeah. you know, I've had a couple sales from, I've had a couple sales from eBay. I've had quite a few from Etsy, honestly, mm. wow. which is a little surprising That is um, because honestly the, I feel like the target market for the product seems to be 80% guys, mm -hmm. at least for my Facebook ads, when I see like who's looking at the sure, ads and sure. things like that, I see yeah. it's an 80% male uh, demographic, but every single order on Etsy um, has been um, 
females. Wow. And I and it's and it's listed higher cost on Etsy too. Wow. Wow, that's so, awesome. That's really yeah. Cool. So I definitely, I mean, I definitely big big fan of you know putting in as many channels as you can because it doesn't it doesn't hurt you. I mean, like this next mm-hmm. round, so the first round we sent directly into Amazon. This one I'm bringing to me first, and I'm going to hold back a box or two of them, and then um, go through the process of seeing if I can't get approved for like a Walmart.com or Sears.com mm-hmm. as well, and and then go that route and see what. Sure, happens. why not? Why not do that? Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, um, the one thing I would say for for sure, and uh, you know, again, I'm kind of piggybacking off of what I I actually talked to a guy yesterday. Like I said, I interviewed him, and and he's blowing it up. And he said, I mean, a huge thing for him was, and this happened by accident at first, but now it's kind of brought attention to it. And I think you could definitely do the same thing. Is um, he had an influencer on YouTube start using his product, and he didn't even know it, and mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden he starts seeing his sales go up, and then someone brought it to his attention. And then he looked at his at his uh, numbers and um, his sessions went from like 400 sessions a day to like two, 2,000, 2,500. Wow. And it was all from just that, you know, just from that particular, uh, per, you know, person, uh, you know, doing that. So absolutely. I mean, that's something that you may even want to do in the future. You know what I mean? Like reach out to an influencer in your space and be able to, uh, you know, be able to reach out to them and say, Hey, would you mind using, you know, using that? Um, I will. And I am already, yeah. I mean, I a hundred percent on board with you in that regard and actually, um, totally have plans to do that because what I would like to do, um, is because our, our, our product has other products within that, in that niche. And we'll go back to like, say baseball mitts. So there's catchers mitts, there's the, you know, outfielders, pitchers, so on and so forth. So there's a ton of different mitts in that, in that niche. Ours is a particular style. Um, Mm -hmm. and basically because it, it fits multiple, uh, uses in that sense. But, uh, because of our competitors with this new style, I definitely been kind of keeping my eyes out for people that, are big influencers, especially on YouTube in that space. Mm-hmm. And I want to see, reach out to them and basically say, Hey, if I were to send you yep. my product and then my top three competitors, mm-hmm. would you do a comparison video? Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, very blatantly that if they said, Oh, you know, if I I'll pay them, whatever it costs or whatever, but to go in and say, you know, Hey, we're going to compare this style baseball mitt compared to, other makers of the same style and which one do we think is the best and why? And I mean, I don't even think I, you know, obviously they'll know who's they're comparing. Sure, whatever, sure. But I don't, I don't, I think it's pretty from the talking to professionals in the space and stuff like that. I think it would be a really great opportunity for people to see that. And obviously too, to kind of help, um, highlight the benefit of that design change and see where it goes from there. So I'm definitely on board with you. In yeah. That sense. I, I mean, his, really- his plans now are like just to reach out to 25 or 50 different influencers and try to get them to do it. Cause I mean, it's driving all that external traffic. My only tip to him was, uh, cause he was sending them directly to his, to his Amazon store through their affiliate link. Cause obviously they're going to mm-hmm. affiliate. I would send them through a pretty link. So now, you yeah. know, for example, if in anyone that doesn't know what a pretty link is, it's basically on your website, you can add a little, a little plug into your WordPress or whatever, where you create this little, this little short link. So like for us, like, you know, it'd be the amazing forward slash PPC, right? Like that directs right. to our resources for pay-per-click. But right. what you would do is create that little pretty link. And then if for some reason, Amazon decides to shut you down or whatever, you can then redirect that link to your own website. And now the pretty link, you would say that that would get directed initially from your website. It would get directed onto the Amazon listing. Exactly. Yeah. You just keep pushing it to the Amazon listing for now. But if, but if for some reason, Amazon, you know, took your uh, listing and suspended it or whatever, you know, you just don't know, you know, and then from there you can intercept it in a sense and then push that link over to your own page. Right, directly yeah. to your sales yep. page on Shopify. Exactly, or exactly. Whatever your, yep, yep, exactly. Nope, I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, so we're definitely looking at the looking at that, and then, um, yeah, I mean, I I really feel like with the new one. I mean, when we built the website, we're, there's some other products in the space that once this hits, we're going to look at adding a couple more that are similar to this one, but obviously different category or same category, but just different product within that category. Um, and then try and add some additional ones. So I think the goal for uh, myself is to have at least three to four 
products live and selling before the end of the year. Okay. So it'd be nice to kind of roll into the holiday season and do, um, you know, three or four products for that, for that season. And then on this particular one, um, we said we've been averaging 10 to 12 a day. I think the last three days we did 11 or 12 each day, okay. um, which was good. So I think my hope is, is that when the new one lands, I'd like to see us at 30 units a day mm-hmm. within the first 90 days. That's okay. kind of the goal. Yeah. And looking at what the others are doing in that space are based off of the estimates and the different Chrome extensions that you can get. They're doing, you know, easily, you know, 50 to 70 a day or exactly. hundred a day. Okay. So, yeah. um, it might take a little bit of time for people to you know, grasp the concept of why the, the product looks slightly different in regards to that particular piece of it. But I think once they're in it, it'll be pretty obvious as to why. Um, and like I said, finding some of those influencers and things like that, if there are shoppers that look on Amazon and then decide to jump off and research the product name or the brand or something like that, um, to be able to highlight those as well. Yeah. Now is, is your, is your competitors using pay-per-click pretty much? Yeah. So, well, one of them who's been, um, the the number one seller who's been on for quite some time, they I don't really see much pay per click when I go through and do different search terms. Okay, and I'll open up separate browsers sure. to just try and get a little bit of a, a variation of what might show up based off of like Chrome or Internet Explorer sure. or Firefox or whatever. Um, but then the number two is just doing a ton. I mean, they're everywhere on okay. PPC, which okay. makes me wonder when you're. When I look at it, I'm like, okay, well, they're doing thirty or forty thousand a month in uh, gross revenue, but are they making? You know, are they spending yeah. twenty seven thousand? Yeah, yeah, you don't between, know between product fees and um, pay per click. So it's yeah. hard to hard to know like what if they're just you know saying, hey, we're just going to sink ourselves into this until you know we lose enough money. And and I definitely am a tactician when it comes to Googling. So I yeah, would yeah. Google the heck out of it and figure out, okay, well, who is this person? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Are yeah. they selling? Are they anywhere else online? Is yeah, it just a, yeah. is that a Chinese manufacturer? Yeah. Or is it an actual individual or, and kind of see where my, where my competition is in, in that regard. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, and the reason why I was just asking, cause I was wondering like when, when you get ready to ramp things up, is it going to be, is it going to be very, uh, competitive, for for pay per click because I mean you can you can start getting your sales you know increasing just by increasing the amount that you're willing to spend if you have the impressions. Yeah, and I mean we do like right now like if I look at my last search term report, I want to say that as far as like the ACOS, we've got as far as customer search terms, there's currently sixty okay. that show that they have gone through and resulted in a sale, and then you know it ramps from anywhere from a one percent. ACOS up to 108. Right, right. Okay. Um, you know, and so I'm trying to look for anything under under 50 or under 40 um, as far as focusing in and looking at, you know, well, do I have a thousand or more impressions or a couple thousand mm-hmm. or more impressions on that listing that I can then put those maybe in a separate campaign. I'm all, I'm, I'm always, I'm always wondering because the PPC thing is so crazy. Yeah, it really <laughs> so, is. So I look at it, I'm like, well, if I'm doing exact search terms, so should I just do a campaign for one customer search term by itself or just multiple exact search terms in a single campaign. And so I've heard different opinions on the matter. I guess I'm just, I think it's more about managing it is, is really what it comes down to, you know, is how you're going to manage that. Because if you put all of your keywords, like all your exacts into one campaign, that's fine. But you're man at a top level, you're, you're seeing your ACOS across all of those. So, and, but if you did, if you only went, you know, and put that into one, uh, you know, campaign, then you're able to see that. I tend to like to put them in into one and then I can manage it easier and then I can dig in and see which ones are the losers, which ones are the winners. So in that, in that, to clarify that for myself yeah, <laughs> and hopefully anybody else listening yeah. would be, if our search term was, if we saw a customer search term that was uh, running right now at a 27% ACOS and it said, you know, green garlic press, yep. what you're saying is start an exact campaign that an exact match campaign for the search term green garlic press by itself and put a $5 a day budget on just the one exact search term mm-hmm. or $10 or whatever, and then just see what results in that essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one way to do it. The way that we've kind of recently started doing it is kind of where you have buckets. So you have like, 
your your main campaign, which is uh, let's just say it's uh, stainless steel garlic or j- just garlic, price. right? Just and then broad. yeah, and then underneath that we'd have three buckets. One would be broad, one would be phrased, one would be exact, and then I would just move out of the broad into an exact underneath that same campaign, and then I would just stack all of my exact keywords into that campaign. The difference though is is when you're looking at that exact campaign bucket that has 10 different exact matches in there, your overall ACOS is gonna be all 10 of gotcha. those collectively. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, so then what you gotta do is if, let's say that you're at a, at a 60% ACOS, you might open that up and see the exact and then say, holy cow. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's two of them in there that are, you know, a 10% ACOS and the rest of them are, you know, higher than that. So then that's where you would say, I got to start, you know, lowering the, the bid on those exact matches to bring down my ACOS. Gotcha. So you can have your exact, so you can have your campaign yep. and then have a broad, a phrase, an exact. Yep. And then under, under the exact, you might have multiple, Yep. multiple exact search terms. Yep. Okay. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And then that way there, in that way there, you're able to manage all those exacts underneath that one umbrella kind of thing. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Okay. And yeah. that's what, yeah. And I wasn't sure if it was that or just go and say, create campaign, click that but- yellow button and say green garlic. Press. I mean, you can, you know, you're just going to have a lot next. of campaigns. You're going to have 10, 12, right. 20 different separate campaigns for one keyword. But instead just create like almost like the exit and ad set or yep, ad exactly. Group. And then you're, you know, I mean, you're, you're from that world. So yeah, it's like having an ad yeah. set of some kind. Yeah, yep. exactly. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, no, that's good advice. I, cause that's, I mean, I think that is going to be, I would say the pay-per-click in my opinion, and, and obviously only having dug into the space a little bit, um, I would say the pay-per-click is, is going to be top three indicators of what's going to make somebody successful on Amazon aside from the product research and, and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. That other key component is definitely the understanding and, and making a profitable campaign because as Amazon changes their terms of service and their conditions, and we know the whole review thing and, and all that, you know, they're going to, if you can figure out a way What's going to separate the winners and the losers of the people that figure out a way to have a profitable pay-per-click campaign? I think because otherwise you're yeah. going to bleed. Yep, I think that, but yeah. I think the other thing is external traffic. Because, oh yeah, because no, if that's... I can push external traffic, then my competitors aren't even going to know how the heck it's happening. Yep, you know oh, what I, mean? I agree completely. So I, I think I think you're right. Pay-per-click, and it's funny. Uh, you know, I've got a, a good friend of mine, Dom Sugar, who I've had on the show plenty of oh, times. Yeah. yeah, and and Dom's a big. He's a big. Um, he's a big uh, fan of. I'm going to just bid really high and lose a ton of money in the beginning. And yep. then my competitors are going to get frustrated and stop bidding because I'm basically right. going to basically push them out. And then I'm a once, strong arm him out. He's yeah. a mafia of PPC. What's that? <laughs> He's like the mafia of PPC. He really is. <laughs> He's going to come in and be like, listen, yep. you want to stay around. Yep. You don't have to pay for protection of your. Yeah. Words, per- your, yeah. yeah, your yeah. It's, 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 pr- it's pretty much his philosophy. And he's like, listen, hey. I'm just going to, I'm going to keep aggressively going. I'm willing to lose money. I don't care. And then mm-hmm. once you decide that, it, you know, you can't afford to stay in the game any longer, then I'll just come in and I'll lower my bid and I'll take over, yeah. um, you know, and that's, that's kind of his, and it, it works, you know, I mean, for him, but you got to have, you got to have that mentality. It's kind of like you're gambling in a sense, but, you know, in, in a way that you kind of know that eventually you're going to win as long as you can, as you can keep going. Right. Um, and I agree with you, the outside traffic and, and, and you've mentioned that before, cause I made the mistake until I heard you mention it on a podcast was I was literally running you know, some cold traffic stuff just to test it to see what yeah. kind of audience would have it say, okay, if we run this quick little video showcasing the product and then say, oh, click here for, you know, now on amazon.com, you know, running a 60% off sale because we list our manufacturer's price on Amazon and then you have your sales price or whatever. Um, you know, I was driving traffic straight to there, but then right. I had heard where you had mentioned that probably not the best idea because right. if you're just getting a bunch of people to click and look and walk like window shoppers, right. you could see a really low conversion, which could hurt your Amazon rankings. So we kind of went through and, and basically created a, a landing page to essentially say, exactly. Hey, send your email address. Once you send your email address, we'll display a coupon code. Yep. And then the sell to action after that is, is, Oh, by the way, you know, we do both to our website to say, if you go ahead and use the coupon code today, we'll also pay the shipping. Yep. 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 Um, And then just try and get them to maybe jump on board a little bit faster, but at least I'm catching that audience 
and those who are that's key. in it, they do yeah. get retargeted or they do get redirected after they opt in to Amazon. They're one more step closer yeah, they're, to they're warmer. being more of a serious. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're a warmer, they're a warm at target now. So yeah, no, mm-hmm. I love it. All right, man. Well, Hey, we got to wrap this up. We could go on for another yeah. hour. I think we got a, oh, we got yeah, a lot of things we can dig into, but, um, I want to thank you again, Josh, for coming on and, and sharing no, your I, story. And I, I just love coming on and being able to dig in and, and kind of unpack kind of where you started, you know, where you're going. And then also, you know, some of those things that is part of the process that sometimes things are, are good and some things aren't as good and as you thought, but you're learning through that process. And I think as, as we kind of worked through this, you can, you can see just by us having this conversation that you definitely have room that you want to, you want to grow and you want to improve and you want to build this thing out. And I think that that's awesome. So I want to thank you. Um, is there any, um, any way that people can get in touch with you if they had any questions or anything like that? Um, yeah, no, I mean, if anybody wants to touch base on uh, Facebook, uh, it's probably the easiest way. And then there's always ways to get a hold of me through Facebook um, to other platforms that I'm on, but to not bombard anybody. I mean, just the facebook.com backslash Josh Bellis 82 and Bellis is B as in boy, E-L-L-I-S 82. Um, yeah. And so that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of, uh, hold of me for any questions. Um, the only thing I'll say, Scott, is I, I mean, your stuff that you put out fantastic amazing um definitely valuable in that sense um i my only recommendation for anybody being somebody that's new and getting into the game is you got one or two choices and that's either going to be time or money because i used to be like oh mm-hmm. do you really want to pay for a program do you want to you know pay for somebody to teach you and i have a girlfriend that would attest to the amount of time that i've spent till three or four o'clock in the morning trying to figure everything out and so if somebody wants to do it that way they're more than welcome to um and there's definitely ways to figure it out on your own but there is a lot of legit legitimacy to people that are willing to say, okay, maybe if I go to this program or if I take this course or whatever to where your time might be more spent, uh, other places, if you're willing to just take a training course. And I'm not like, you didn't say anything to me about promoting your, yeah, <laughs> your, yeah. your anything like that. But I'm just saying like, I think about it and I used to almost be like, man, why are these guys just trying to get you to send a bunch of money when you can just get it online for yourself. And then the more I think about it, I'm like, God, I was like, I learned so much. But it's been at the cost of hours and hours and hours where I look back and I'm like, man, would it have been able to pay somebody a few hundred dollars? <laughs> just yeah. like, can you just give me the rundown real quick? Yeah. Um, so I would say that would be my biggest advice to people. And then to just know that it's 2017 and if you're saying other outliers, yeah, there's outliers, but there's plenty of room at the top for people that are willing to, you know, have the the diligence to go in and do the work and, and don't expect it overnight, but it'll actually, it truly will grow if you, if you put in the time and I'm seeing it happen now. And so probably wouldn't have done it if I hadn't had, you know, the, uh, the advice of this guy that I listened to saying, take action. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, a little bit, right. So, I mean, right. it's, it's true. I mean, yeah, everything you said, I agree hundred percent with, and you know, I put out a podcast. It's, I mean, we're over 360 plus episodes, probably depending on when this airs, 370 ish. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, there's all the information that I've put out there, but the problem with all that information is a lot of times people just are like, give me the roadmap. You know, that's why we mm-hmm. do free workshops and we have a class, yep. but yeah. it, you know, the class isn't for everyone. And I always tell people, if you want to go through and just go through all of the information we put out there and kind of piece your way through it, you can totally can. Um, but if you want a program, you know, we do have a class, but again, I'm not here pitching my class. I barely no. mentioned my class. No, um, you didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, but I agree. And, uh, and the reason why people had reached out to me in the beginning was kind of like, Scott, can you show me step by step? Like what's the steps? Yep. And I think though, as you're learning, no matter if you give you steps or not, you're going to learn through your own journey. So, um, I can't stress that enough, but again, Josh, I want to thank you so much for coming on, spending some time out of your day. Keep me posted on what's yeah. happening um, within your brand. I think you're going to do great. And it sounds like you got a great plan and um, you got all the pieces. I mean, you got all the pieces that you just got to go out there and uh, and keep executing, man. Hey, you threw a lot of those pieces out there. So I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, I man. Pick them up. Yeah, yeah, right. Pick them up and, and use them, right? Absolutely. All right, man. Well, hey, thank you so much and uh, have an awesome day and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Fantastic. Take care. Okay. So there you have it. Another great conversation with one of our TASers, Josh. I just want to thank him once again because, man, oh, man, it's just really awesome to be able to dig into someone's story and really unpack how they got to where they are. And you heard him explain how he got started in this whole thing and kind of like how it led him to where he is now. And 
he's so excited about this opportunity and he's he's so like driven to make this thing work and uh, and he's excited about it. I think that's the key. You got to be excited about what you're working on and uh, you know he's he's out to build a brand. And I've talked to you guys about the open brand and I talked about building a regular brand like a you know a brand with with a product line and all that stuff. That's what he's doing. But I also want to say he's building it off of something that he's had experience with in the past. So with that being said, you know, think about the brand that you want to build, whether it's an open brand so you can dabble a little bit, or if it's a brand that you're going to have a face to, whether that's you or whether that's partnering with someone, that's a couple of things you need to think about. And if you can, if you can really understand that, then that can give you a little bit more direction moving forward. All right. So again, guys, I want to remind you the Facebook group, theamazingseller.com forward slash F is in Frank, B is in boy, head over there. See what we got to offer over there. Totally free, by the way, and an awesome community of TASers. And then the show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 374. And the last little announcement that I want to make here, depending on when you're listening to this, we are having an unofficial meetup in North Carolina, and that's going to be June 23rd, 2017. It's going to be at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern in the afternoon, this is going to be an in-person meetup. We're just going to be there having some coffee, having some great conversation, meeting other TASers, and you are invited if you are local or if you wanted to travel a couple hours, depending on where you're located. But I just wanted to let you guys know that we're going to be doing that, and you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash NC for North Carolina. And that will pretty much take you to the event page of all the information about that little local meetup that we're having in North Carolina. So if you're in the area, we'd love to meet you. And if you're listening to this later, well, maybe next time. All right, guys. So that is it. That's going to wrap up this episode. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action, have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode. 